Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, thanks for tuning in today, guys, for the Behind the Sermons podcast. I am here with Pastor, my good friend and not district leader, Pastor Travis. Absolutely. What's he, going on, everyone? He get he said this Sunday that he gets annoyed that we always talk him up like a big uh, exec from yeah. the district. Especially here, right? Like, Because like, here, that was one of the things I loved when we came to church here. Not a single soul cared who I was. <laughs> you know, I'd walk in and just be like, oh, hey, it's Travis. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's just Travis. And so... When I'm here and I and I get introduced as it's the district youth director, I'm always like, all right, I'm just Travis. Just yeah, but that's not compelling to someone who doesn't know. Hey, we got this dude named Travis. I guess He's that's a pretty fair. nice guy. Hey, there's this dude here. Some of you know him. Some of you don't. Give it up for him. He's, Come he's on nice. He probably will teach us something good. Maybe. No, I like to. I like to talk through. I like people to know. That's fair. That you. One, sacrifice a lot to be in ministry, as we learned during this sermon. Mm-hmm. But like you you want people to know, like, hey, gear up for something good. Yeah. Because it's fair. not just a Joe Schmo. So sorry. I know you like your that's your fair. restoration break yeah. from without being a district leader, but it it does show that you you know, you work hard for God's word and I like people to know that. Yeah. No, hey. So appreciate it. It's always it great anyway. coming back here. It's always like home. You know, I was talking to someone and they were like, so do you just come here when you speak? I'm like, no, man, we come here, you know, randomly throughout the year. Yeah. You know, I was like, we'll probably be here for the villains because it sounds awesome. It does sound fun. And then on top of that, like we watch, no joke, we watch online every week. Yeah. Like we are part of restoration. Mm. You know, we don't necessarily call it our home church. Right. But we're part of what God's doing here and we always will be. I guess your answer is more, I'm here when I'm not speaking. Yeah, pretty right? much. Like when you don't have Sunday engagements. Or if, if like, if I have a low travel schedule. Yeah. You know, because I travel a lot. And so when I'm off on a Sunday, I love you guys, but the last thing I want to do is drive an hour and a half right. to come to church. That's fair. And so, I'll, you know, That's typically fine. I'll watch online or, I'll, you know, I'll visit a closer church. Right. That's cool. So this sermon, tell me how you... Uh, obviously it's behind the sermon podcast. So I yeah. like people to hear like, so you said a little bit during first service, like pastor Nate just said, you're going to come preach about whatever, which is the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about how you came up with this sermon, why you felt like, what's your, what's your method for figuring out what it is that you slash God wants you to teach? Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's challenging, right? Because you are trying to, Put into words what a heavenly father is saying to you, right? right? Like you're trying to put into words what this this all-knowing God is saying to you. And so it's difficult, especially when someone's like, hey, just preach on whatever you want. Typically, that's what I get, though. Right. Anytime a church brings me in, they're like, hey, preach on what you want. Typically, I preach on missions, always, um, because a lot of our churches are dead missionally, mm. and they forget what the mission is. Restoration is not one of those churches. Restoration is leading our district when it comes to missions. And so when it came to, you know, what what is God speaking to this church? I didn't feel like it was missions. Mm. I had a great mission sermon. I love it. I love giving it. And so I was talking with one of the young adults that live with me. 
And he was asking kind of the same thing. He's like, how do you come up with it? Do you just preach past sermons or do you right. come up with a new one? And I said, well, I started off, you know, with prayer. So like even last week we were here listening to Aaron and I just felt like God was like, you know, you need to talk about forgiveness. And mm. I was like, okay, forgiveness. So I, you know, started doing that. And then it was like, you know, I think ultimately what it led to was the idea of almost forgiving yourself, you know, um, cause I didn't really talk on forgiveness, but it, it directed me to what I talked on. Mm. Um, and so I started with forgiveness and then that led to, you know, this idea of us being stuck and just where I was at, Yeah, you know, like I shared, it was last week that Pastor Nate and I had that conversation. Right. And so working through that, working through my own stories, working mm-hmm. through my own personal experiences, you know, part of it was like, I need to forgive myself for this. And then I was like, well, it's not even necessarily an act of forgiveness as much as, as it is an act of acceptance and an act of agreement. So that's what kind of led me to this idea of God's yes and our amen. Right. When I hear that song all the time, the one I referenced, the house fires. Right. One, yeah. And, uh, it always, especially now, it just irks me. Kind of bugs you. You know, <laughs> like I love house fires and I love worship music, but when, even, when we have worship music that is, you know, putting it all on God, yeah. like, that's not what worship is. Right. You know, worship is, you know, here's God meeting us and we're putting an effort towards that. Right. And so it's God's yes, but it's our amen. So yes, all your promises are yes and amen comes from us. Yep. And so... Uh, I'll tell you that that is one of the hardest things about trying to write worship. Like we, we've, we've written a ton of stuff like at restoration worship, trying to figure out how to quote scripture to fit into the time signature, to fit into the phrasing you're having and still have it be 100% theologically sound. Like that's really hard. So it made me think through, like, I don't know if it works out well, but the quote you had this Sunday from pastor Nate, we tried to write a song that like had that in it. Yeah. So his whole things, you know, grace is getting what we say, say, I think it's grace is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy is and not mercy getting is what we do. Not deserve. getting what we do deserve. Right. So we wrote the chorus of what mercy owns, trying mm. to say that grace is given all I don't deserve, and mercy owns the debt I owed. Like so, trying to make it fit into the rhyming yeah. scheme, but it still makes sense because that was like ah, that's a long quote, but that'd be fun to sing and still not be blasphemy. Yeah. So that's I you know hand it to house fires. Oh, hundred percent trying, but yeah, maybe- and and I'm not saying they're wrong in no way. Um, but it, you know, there's so many, there's more to it. Yeah. They, like they and, almost took some out. Absolutely. They didn't it's say like, anything wrong. <laughs> no, exactly. It's like, yes, I understand why they're singing it the way they're singing it because yes, all his promises are yes and amen. That's what the scripture says. Right. But it does say your promises are yes in you and we utter our amen. Right. And I think that just takes such a vital piece of that puzzle. Right. Just kind of tosses it to the side. Right. So, which was almost your, your entire point right. was using it. So Makes sense. Tell me you came up with the airport theme. Yeah. Um, was that just because you remembered the great story for from Aaron? And we're like, oh, wait, was that Aaron's story? What were you? I don't know. Who got trapped in the airport? I don't know. Was it Doris? What? You told a story I told in a your story? sermon. 
Oh, oh yes, of Aaron. Sorry, <laughs> I was like, thinking. Did I make up no, part of your sermon? Did I, was, I black out, or are you blacking out I'm right blacking now? Blacking out right okay. now. I thought you were asking, <laughs> did I get the story from Aaron Holt? No, sorry. And so I'm thinking, Wife, like, what? No, not not Aaron Holt. Yeah, Aaron. 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 Yeah, that was a fun week trying to be like, hey, Aaron. And then Aaron Holt Which be like, yeah, one? what's up? I'm like, no, 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 I need my wife. I mean, you're, you're cute too, but I want my wife. <laughs> um, and so, but just talking through that. And yeah, I think, you know, a lot of, when it comes to the way I speak, right? I'm big on stories. Yeah. You know, you look at Christ, right? How did he teach stories? Parables. A lot of stories. Like, and so I'm not one of these guys that are like, hey, let's read the entire chapter of Matthew 18. Right. Some people love doing that. Yeah. Exegesis, you know, all that jazz. That's great. Me, I'm like, do I know any stories I can play into this? That will help. And so the idea of the 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 airplane just kind of, you know, because I'm I'm saying, you know, we're in this in between phase, right? God's yes and our amen. Yeah. And that's where a lot of us find ourselves. Right. And so I'm I'm thinking through, you know, what are some areas of transition? You think of a hallway with many doors. You know, you you leave one door and then you enter another door. That's okay. That's been used. That's kind of yep. And so I just kind of think through, you know, what other times do you transition? And ultimately it led me to the layover. Yeah. I do have a layover. And when I think through funny stories, when I think through, you know, flight nightmares, Aaron's is one of the first ones I think of um, just because it was, it was a nightmare. Yeah. And so like, even, even in my notes, you know, I don't necessarily, cause like at the end I, I likened her being stuck in the dark us being stuck in the dark. I wasn't planned. Yeah. You know, you were just realizing how well the story was fitting. Absolutely. Wow. It's like, Hey, here's this story I'm going to use to illustrate this idea of a layover. And then as I'm telling the story, God's revealing to me on the spot, Mm. you know, like, Hey, she was stuck in darkness. They're stuck in darkness. We need the light, you know? And so, um, you know, just navigating that and really relying on the Holy spirit. Right. I always think that's a, that's a, cool and scary part about speaking, right? I'm, I'm not a, as seasoned speaker as you, I, I like doing it, but I remember pastor Nate telling me, he was like, Hey, there's one thing I want you to know. Like sometimes while you're speaking, it's like something you say will almost spark an emotion that you were not prepared for. Right. And the best thing you could do is kind of pause and, and go through it. And that's a good way to start. Like while you're speaking to hear the Holy spirit, like Oh, by the way, I, I have a tangent for you, right? I have a plan for you. I have a tangent for you mm-hmm. um, and to lean into those. So that's cool that you're able to to work through that. And normally those are always kind of the best parts of the sermon. The, Usually ones, always. the ones you didn't write that God, <laughs> God came up yeah. with. God's always like, yeah, you wrote this good job. It, it really stinks. So when you go up there, just, just let me take over. And, and that's what I do, right? Like, like sitting in, in worship and, and before I go up, my prayer is always, as I walk up those steps, may Travis get left behind. Yeah. And and may it be the voice of God that that comes out of my mouth. Yeah. Um, and that prayer, it's a hard prayer because there's things that you want to talk about, right? There's things you want to do. and But when you leave it up to God, then you leave everything up to him. You right. leave the altar time to him. You leave, you know, your points to him. You leave the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. And it's all on him. And it just relieves a bit of stress. Where it's like, now it's not on me. I don't have, I'm not saving these people. Mm. You know, God's saving these people. That's good. Tell me before we get into it, and you, this was a little bit of your idea, but working through, 
Um, tell me your personal worst uh, layover story, or not layover story, but travel story. Yeah. So, um, in sticking with the sermon theme. Yeah, absolutely. There's a few of them, right? Like, if you travel for any length of time, you're gonna have them. And I remember thinking, and like your famous last words are always, oh, "We don't really have too many travel issues." And so I shared a little bit about the one we had in Wyoming, flight getting canceled, missing our layover. Oh yeah, and you know that happens. Usually that's fine. One of the worst was, I believe it was last year. Yeah, general counsel was last year in Orlando. Uh, no, it was two years ago. Sorry, um, it was before COVID. I was flying into Fine Arts General Counsel, yep, which was in Orlando. And I was asked to be a fine arts evaluator for graphic design. Um, and so I said, okay, sweet. You know, and I had to be there at a certain time. Um, but I didn't find out I needed to be there until like that day. And I was like, well, we still got time. We're going to land. We'll be fine. We're flying. Everything's been fine. We're flying. And all of a sudden we get to Orlando and he's not landing. And the pilot comes over. He said, due to a storm, we cannot land right now. Oh no. And so he's just circling. Like, like, I see the Orlando Convention Center. I see the airport. <laughs> I'm like, it's right there. Around it. And he's just flying around it, circle after circle. And it felt like hours. I think it was. I think it was easily like an hour or two. Wow. And finally, he comes over the, the loudspeaker and says, all right, hate to do this, but we're out of gas. We got to fly to Tampa Bay. And so, because uh, they still couldn't land. They weren't giving him the green light to land. Dang. So we flew we all the way to circling. Tampa Bay. And got to Tampa Bay, landed, they gassed us up, got back up in the air, made it back to Orlando. Storm was still happening. Oh, my god! And we're just circling again still. And it just seemed like I was just watching the hours pass. Like, uh, if you're on a long flight to a, a destination, like, that is what it is, right? You know you're going to have a long flight. Right. This was Maine to Orlando. Right. Which is typically maybe a three-hour flight. Should not be that crazy. You know? And it, it, we were on that plane probably for seven hours. And Dang. it's just exhausting, right? Like travel is exhausting. And so we landed and ultimately everything worked out, but it was a nightmare. When it would have been quicker to drive from Tampa Bay. Easy. <laughs> I was like, just, just let me rent a car, but they wouldn't let us off the plane in Tampa Bay. Yeah. So we had to stay there and I'm a big dude. Small airplanes. Sitting in the airplane. Yeah. It's it hurts. <laughs> yeah. They did that. That was similar. I re- made that realization at the Wyoming layover. Yeah. I, sat there for two hours and I'm like, I wonder, and map quested it. And I was like, it would take me less time to drive there right now than it would for me to wait for my plane to take off. Well, that's why we <laughs> landed in Denver. Yeah, it was smart. So, cause we were, we were going to rent a car anyways. And so we landed in Denver, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy when, when you realize things like that. Yeah. Our craziest one was me and Haley just got married and it was our honeymoon. Probably every step of the way was the worst travel <laughs> I've ever had in my life. First thing that went wrong, my my mom was trying to be really sweet and said, hey, don't you worry about flights. I'm going to buy the flights, oh, which no. was really cool. So she purchased the flights. We get there. We go to check in. Um, Jeremy and Haley Arsenal, awesome. Can we see IDs? Well, Haley, Haley was that. not... Haley was not Haley Arsenal yet, according to her ID. Yep. Is Haley not in? So we had to, we we're pulling out pictures of our wedding, like, please believe us, like all this stuff. We had to get, and then, so we waited there. We thought, this was it. We're stuck in Boston. It's fine, yeah. whatever. And so then they came and they had to escort us through, do these interviews. And then we finally got into our plane. So we were like, all right, oh man, that was mm. crazy. Good story for our honeymoon. Right. And then we kept going. 
And then we got to where we took a cruise. We got to where our cruise was. They said, awesome. We need to see your passports. I said, oh, my travel agent said all I need is my social security card, which changed. It used to be social security card. Then they switched it to it either your birth certificate or your passport would handle it. So I'm like, well, I don't have either either of those. I have this because my travel agent said, oh, yeah, this changed like a month ago or whatever. So Haley's in a corner crying because we spent all this money and they're like, we, you can't get on. Like, yeah. there's no way. And so I called the small town I lived in. I was like, listen, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. I got this little old lady. It's like, all right, honey, you hang in there. <laughs> and like gave me instructions. And I and I, we ended up, we got on the bus that took us to the cruise ship with hopes they would fax it over. And if they uh, didn't, yeah. we'd have to find our own way back to the airport, buy new tickets to get back, all this stuff. It was the worst travel of my life. We got on the cruise ship and just laid down and we were just like, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing, right? Like travel when, when it's a nightmare like that, like it's not worth it. Right. It's just not worth it. And so I made the joke, like, you know, the people that don't have nightmares when they travel, it's because they're rich enough to, you know, <laughs> yeah, pay you for private like jets, one ways or private right. jets or whatever. So you don't have to think about it, but it's just exhausting. Yeah, it's true. But I like the way you, you tied this in. Uh, this entire message in, I think you did a really great job. I don't know if you, if you knew, cause obviously when you finish preaching, you kind of just walk off and you know, it's not like there's a meet and greet you sign right. things or anything. Right. So you don't get to hear as much, but here in Dover, at least we had a lot of people respond and come talk to us. So um, you spoke very specifically to some people and I thought that was really cool. <clears throat> but um, I had a couple things while you were talking that I figured would be kind of interesting to, to yeah. talk about. So you talked a lot about, you know, sacrificing for, for God's purpose. God has a plan for you. Um, all this different stuff that you're working through and even talking through your hesitancy for it. And it made me realize that whenever I want to start like a new devotional and you hit the search bar on the U version app, it says popular searches mm-hmm. and the top three I believe it's the top three when I last checked were all about purpose, how to find God's purpose, how to know you're walking in God's will, yeah. how to all these, it's all like spelled differently or whatever, but all the top searches sounds like we're just obsessed as a culture of, uh, I can't just hear the scripture for, I know the plans I have for you. It's right. like, well, I would like to know the plans right. you have for me. So it's like somewhere in scripture has got to be buried how to decipher the plan and so I think it's, it was just a timely like message for you to have. Cause I just feel like we're very obsessed with that. And, 100%. and you kind of being like, Oh, well the best way to find it is to sacrifice your agendas and to mm-hmm. work through that. So that, I just think that's an interesting thing. I don't know if I have a follow-up question for it, but well, no, I mean, I, I would say like it's spot on though. Like we as humans are obsessed with knowledge, Yeah. right? Like we want to know, you look at the world we live in. Part of the reason why we have technology the way we have it is because we want to figure it out. Right. You know? And so we look at, at humans and, and we look at this need for knowing this need for knowledge. And we try to, to, to merge that with this all knowing God. Right. And say, well, if you're all knowing God, then, then I can be all knowing. Right. And it's like, that's just not how it works. You let me in on this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no, if, if, if you knew all the plans that God had for you, you probably wouldn't say yes. Yeah, that's you know? true. And so like I like I look at my life and I'm like, had I known, 
I was going to have to go through all this, I wouldn't have said yes to begin with. Right. But by saying yes, God reveals little by little. I had one gentleman come up to me at the end of service. He's like, how do I know? How do I know if God's speaking to me? Mm. How do I know what God's plan is for my life? And I spoke on this in Wyoming, but it's, it's what I use now, you know, because we all want to know that. We all want to know, like, how do we know God's speaking to us? Right. And for me, it's an overwhelming urge to be within God's will. Yeah. And so I told him, I said, imagine you have two doors, door A, door B. Pray about it. Bring it to God. God, do you want me to go in door A? Do you want me to go in door B? There will be an overwhelming urge towards one or the other. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not saying, oh, my gut is telling me A. No, no, no. Overwhelming means overwhelming. Right. Like there is nothing else. There's no other option. Mm-hmm. And so for me in, in my walk with Christ, that's, you know, the reason why I've been able to sacrifice things is because of that overwhelming urge, knowing that, you know, this is what God has for me. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing else that will even come close. Yep. Yeah, that's good. I think about before I ever pursued being a pastor, mm-hmm. I was just, I was a worship leader. I was happy just being a worship leader. I thought that was great. And I, I honestly still love being a part of worship. But I remember getting a phone call from another church that wanted to hire me as there and they changed it to worship pastor, mm. which is not a position that we at Restoration Church, like we don't pass out pastor to right. to everyone. Um, a lot of times you either need credentials or or be working for quite a while. Yeah. So so that was the first time I ever heard the title where someone was like, worship, pa- what if you were a pastor? And I remember I ended up saying no to that position but I was like, man, but something triggered inside my chest when I got offered or suggested that I should be a pastor. And so then it's the same thing you were talking about. I, I prayed for the first time, like, God, should I be a pastor? And it was like, it was that overwhelming excitedness. Like, all right, well, I've already heard the offer and I didn't have that reaction. Now as right. I'm praying this, right. I'm having this kind of reaction. I'm like, all right, God wants me to pursue you know, I don't think he wanted me to pursue the title as much as pursue passion for people and, Absolutely. and education, but, but that type of overwhelming is definitely, and we get it wrong sometimes. Oh yeah. You know, could like, just be our excitement. Right. Like, I wish I could say like, Oh, I've never gotten it wrong, but yeah, I've gotten it wrong. I have walked in God's will perfectly my yeah. entire life. Right. Like you show me that person <laughs> and I'll show you what's the name of the guy in the Bible. Is it Melchizedek that like gets swept up by God? I think, I don't know. Um, no, Melchizedek's older than that. Oh yeah. He's like the oldest dude in the world. <laughs> I don't know. You're a youth pastor. I'm a worship pastor. Let's get out of here. <laughs> but, but anyways, there's, <laughs> there's that, there's that, you know, guy in the Bible that just gets swept up because he, he does walk perfectly. With yeah. God. And so God's like, okay, you're good. Come with me. But for the most of us, we're figuring we're, it out. We're not going to do that. And we, we, we make mistakes and it's what we do once we make those mistakes mm-hmm. that really dictate our walk with God. Yeah. Do we double down and say, no. I was right about this. This is God's will for my life, even when it's clearly not. Right. Um, or do we admit we failed? Right. And as humans, you don't want that. Yeah. And I always think through like, I, I, there was a sermon a long time ago that I had listened to that I, I try and talk through people because they talk as if um, making the right decisions in your life and working through that are... Um, it's like the idea of a soulmate. Well, I, if I don't choose this step, then I won't be in God's will anymore. 
And then every step after that will be incorrect. And so they, they have the idea, like if I don't marry the person I'm supposed to marry that God wants me to marry, mm. then I'm, I'm out of his will. And they're like nervous that they're going to marry the wrong person. And the, the guy who was preaching was like, do you really think someone hasn't messed that up already? Because right. if they married the wrong person, that means they married someone that someone else was supposed to marry. So then that person married someone incorrect. We're all probably jacked up by now if Absolutely. that's how it's supposed to be because not everyone wants to care or listen to God. Like no. that whole idea of like, so if you miss that one step when you were a toddler that you were supposed to take, like there's no way you could be in the will. And I, I just never feel like that's really what God has for us. I think his will is for us to be in community and communion with him, like to be talking with him. He, he'd rather you pray every day and spend time with him than go accomplish all these things. hundred percent. Right. You know, and so it's all about us aligning our will with yep. God's will. Because right. He gives us free will. Yep. And so we're going to make mistakes. We're going to make dumb decisions. Yep. And we could, we come out of alignment. So we work, we pray and we go back into alignment. <coughs> so, with uh, with you sharing, you shared a lot of, of personal stories today. Um, how do you how do you decide something's ready to share? Like like how do you know? All right, this is good, right? Because you get you get choked up. Like wh- what happens? You go something too sensitive. You're like, please give me a minute while I, I let, like Joseph to his brothers. I'm just gonna wail right now right. and cry. <laughs> like you know, how do you know one? You're ready to share it that it's going to be helpful and, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's that release, right. From God. Right. Hey, I want you to share this. And, and even still being like, I don't think I want to share this God. And then having a conversation with my wife because it involves her. Right. You know? So, so I had that conversation with her last night because I was like, I really think God wants me to share this. And she was like, if that's where you think God's taking you, are you ready to share it? And I said, no, I'm not ready to share it. Right. You know, but if I waited until I was ready to share it, I would never share Probably it. Probably never would. And so it's like, this is where I'm at and this yeah. is what I'm struggling with. And, and if you've ever heard me speak, uh, which some people have here before, I'm raw, I'm real, yeah. I'm transparent because we cannot, as leaders, pretend that we're not. Right. You know, we can't pretend that our lives are perfect. Right. And our lives are going great. When in reality... You know, two weeks ago, I'm crying my eyes out, asking God why right. this isn't happening. And so, yeah, I get raw, I get real. And I've had people, you know, come to me and be like, hey, I think you're a little too transparent. I remember having students come to me like, I look at you differently. Yeah, I'm like, good. Yeah. You should. Like, like you shouldn't hold me onto this pedestal. And, and, and so that's why I explained at the beginning, like, hey, I'm going to be raw and I'm going to be real. Please open up your heart to accept that. Right. Because too many of us look at pastors and say, oh, they can't mess up. Right. Oh, their, their, their faith in God has to be, you know, a stalwart and it has to be, you know, right. a strong foundation. If your preaching looks like your Instagram highlight reel. Right. Then you're, you're not, you're trying to be an example of like, do as I'm doing. Right. Look how great I am. Instead and, of trying to be like, here's how I'm trying to get through this thing that I can't and process. that's typically the, the the stance I take, right? Like, yeah. it's not, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. You know, it's, hey, I really suck at following Christ. <laughs> Can I say that on the podcast? Yeah, probably. Okay. Um, we'll bleep it up. Yeah, I'll get fired. Um, but, you know, um, no, I, I'm really bad at following up. Christ. 
So don't follow me as I follow Christ. Let's follow Christ together. Yeah. And and I think that's where where we kind of missed the boat a little bit where leaders like, no, follow me as I follow Christ. No, 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 no. We're following Christ together. Right. The, the people in, in your church are no different than the pastor. Right. And so together we're figuring this all out. Yeah. And I know, I mean, what you were, what you're sharing through is, is so great too, because it helps people realize one, they're not alone. I feel like that's always the enemy's approach. Oh, always. Especially with things that are this common, mm -hmm. right? Like there's, there's so many different things that can happen through people, you know, working mm -hmm. through that in their life. And I just feel like a lot of the time when we struggle through something, the tactic is like, Hey, by the way, you're the only one that thinks this way. And, and I think it's great for people to hear that there are things that even pastors are frustrated yeah. uh, to God about and to actually work through it. And I think it was even more interesting to hear someone at least on the side of like you, like you shared about, like, Hey, I'm mad about it, but I'm willing to try and let this go. Yeah. And I'm willing to try and, and work this through. I thought that was, um, that's pretty cool because I think sometimes our approach might be closer to, and I'm going to pray through it. Like, mm -hmm. and I'm going to pray this thing into existence. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to make this happen. And so that's like the whole idea of your sermon is like, well, yes, we can. Absolutely. Still pray. Yeah. You know, my wife and I pray, you know, we, we like, God knows this is what we want, but it's up to him. Right. You know, and it took me, you know, like I shared up until last week to really get to that point yeah. to where I was like, it's up to you guys. Like I'm, because we try and we try and we try and we try and it gets exhausting. But the moment we take that weight and we take that pain and we take that hurt and we lay it at the feet, of, at the foot of the cross or, or we, we, you know, what's the Christ say? Take my yoke. My yoke is easy. Mm. Like that's, that's what he wants. He wants us to lay it all on him. Right. And he'll carry it. He'll take it. Right. And you know, it's not an easy get out of jail free card mm -hmm. by no means you're still going to work. You're still, it's still going to be difficult. Right. But there's a bit of freedom that comes along with it. There's a piece in the, in the way that you taught that yes and amen to that. Um, I thought would be an interesting thing to talk through. So you, you guys are giving something, right. You're giving something to God that, that really is, is not in your control. Right. That's something right. that you need to give God. But there are some things that we need to give God that still are in our control. So I thought we could talk through if someone's working through something else or working through it. Like if God is in the yes stage and we are going to send our amen, um, is that, is that the end of it? Or do we, do you think we still have to work and, and, you know, hustle through trying to see what God has for us? Like if God says, yes, it's just going to happen. Right. Or like, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I wish I could say, once you say, amen, you're done. Right. You know, you've landed, you've reached your destination. That's just like the story I shared with Aaron, right? She went to a different destination. I then had to still had to work right. to get to her. Yeah. You know, she still had to work to get to me. Like it wasn't, you know, like the end all be all like, the, you know, it's all figured out. And so it's the same thing. Like, yes, our amen is important and that's what God wants. And when we give that amen, there is a freedom that comes with it, mm -hmm. but you still got to work. Right. You know, I think the Christian lifestyle is one of the most exhausting lifestyles, mm -hmm. right? Because it's just, it's constant work. We're constantly working to better ourselves to be in line with God's will. And we're constantly learning and we're yeah. constantly making mistakes. You know, I, 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 I've heard people say like, Oh, being a Christian is easy. I'm like, 
you're not a real Christian then. Yeah. You know, if, if you think being a Christian is easy, you know, being part of this world is easy, you know, just making decisions that we want to make however we want to make them right. without real fear of consequences. That's easy. Right. Making decisions that dictate our eternity. That's hard. Right. Making decisions that, you know, are we aligned with the will of God? That's hard. Right. And so you just work on it. And so, yeah. I just thought the like the will of God is not a lazy river we yeah. lay in. It's like it's like white river rapids. Like, I'm going this direction now. Like, yeah. like it's not just sitting there like the and the Lord takes me. Like, no, no, you still have to hustle. You might not live this. Yeah, like you right. might not survive if you don't try. You may get thrown out of that raft, <laughs> hit your head on a rock. And it's all over. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think that's, that's the best comparison I can yeah. think through is like trying to walk in God's will is yeah, you're, you're going, but you need to still hustle through and oh, work yeah. through. And I think that's the glory of like God's plan is he, he could just snap his fingers and we're all, we're all 100%. there. We're all in heaven. We're all walking through, but he wants us to choose him. He wants yeah. us to love him and he wants to work with us, which yeah. is the weirdest well, it, like, it was the choice Adam and Eve made, right? To yeah. say, hey, we know better than God. Yeah. You know, yes, they were they were coerced and they listened to the enemy, but they ultimately said, we know better than God. And so that was the choice that they made. Yeah. And from that point forward, that's the, the decision humanity as a whole has to make. Right. Do we know better than our God or do we not? If we do know better than God, then, you know, let's figure it out. But I think you find time and time again, people who think they know better than God mess up right. royally and realize that no God, God ultimately knows what's best for me, what's best for my life. Mm. And so to, to talk on your, you know, your analogy a little bit, you know, the whitewater rafting and the lazy river, you know, lazy river, you're by yourself really. Right. You know, I'm just chilling. Like you might be with others, but you're all floating together. You know, it's relaxing. Most of the time I like to be by myself on a lazy river because I like to relax. I've done a lazy river with my toddler. It's not fun. Oh, could not imagine that. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Yeah. They don't like being lazy. No. <laughs> but a whitewater raft, it takes the entire team on that raft. That's true, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it's not a, you know, just a guy directing it or just a, you know, woman at the at mm. the front. No, it takes the entire team. You know, oh, paddle left, paddle right, hard, you know, stop. Like, a whole team has to be moving right. together. They got to be ready to go. You know, as, as the church, like, that's the attitude we need to take, mm. right? Like, yes, we're trying to align ourselves with God will, but we're all in this together. Yeah. And that's why, you know, once again, if you're not part of a, part of a circle, you got to get oh, part yeah. of it. Need to. Yeah. I think through all the difficult seasons, you know, we've probably only had one or two moments in our life where we felt the need to call like, hey, let's ask the entire church for this. Right. But I think through like, like just a push for circles, the amount of things that myself and the, and the couples that are in my circle have had to get through, um, without it being all together. Like that's, you know, well, when, when we attended restoration, we were part of a circle mm. and there was a couple that will, you know, remain nameless, but we were in the circle together and they were dealing with what we're dealing with right now. Mm. And I remember praying with them and praying for them and believing that God, you know, and so I saw it on the other side where I was like, you know, God loves you. Yeah. Just trust in him. Yep. And then to now be on this side, like he came up to me after first service and was like, man, I'm sorry, you know, you're going through this. And, 
And I'm like, hey, you went through it. Like, we're going through it together. We're figuring it out together. And and it, and that's the beauty of circles. Yeah. Is you're you're able to be open and honest in a way yeah. that you know you're not gonna, you're not going to stand on stage. I mean, maybe you know if you're preaching or something, <laughs> right. you're not going to stand on stage and be like, I'm struggling with this. <laughs> right. No, like. Anyone else? Meet me in the back of the room. Right. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Like, hey, everyone. My name's Jeremy, and I'm a struggler. And I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Jeremy. You know. You set it up. I'm not actually. Right. I was going to say, hopefully not. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So now this, um, still working through this analogy that you have the the layover period, um, do you, cause I always feel like, you know, you really life is a series of, of layovers, oh, well, <laughs> right. And yeah. what you're sharing, like 100%. you may catch the plane for this one and prayerfully you do like right. working through that, but, but there's another layover every step. It's Absolutely. like every, every single trip leads to another trip until ultimately we're able to be home with Jesus where there's, you know, the final destination and all that. But just thinking through like um, to prepare yourself for that in a sense, because like, like for you guys, like you'll work through this, you know, and eventually you'll work through it. But then the next layover season hits and you have the decision to realize that life is a series of layovers Mm -hmm. or keep getting bitter at God. And I think it's pretty cool that you're, that you were able to get to a point and hopefully really help people today get to a point of, okay, I understand this and I can either get really bitter or I can work through it. And it, you know, almost in anticipation of my next layover right. season that I'm going to have, like, you know? like this is minuscule. Yeah. For what we'll deal with. If, if God blesses us with a child, you know, this is minuscule. Yeah. So, so, so some of the things we'll deal with, with said child, right. You know, and, so this idea of like, oh, it's all, it's all good now. No, like you're just right. getting on another flight that will land and then you'll be in another layer. Right. And so it's finding that balance and realizing that, you know, yeah, life is a constant layover. You're constantly transitioning. Yeah. You're constantly changing until you get to that final destination. Right. It's just flight after flight after flight after flight. You're just along for the ride. And do you allow God to pilot the plane or do you try to pilot yourself and run into the ground? You even think through like, were you an expert traveler the first time you flew? Oh no. Right. Like I had no idea how to get anywhere. Still not. Yeah. I, yeah, I, the Wyoming trip, that was terrifying to me. It was the first time I went with no one. Mm. I I had to navigate the airport and my tactic with an airport is I put in headphones and I follow whoever's in charge and I just listen to music and that's how I stay calm. And so having to do that, I'm like, Oh shoot, this is a new level of navigation that I need to have. And so the whole idea of, of as you keep traveling, there's a, there's a sort of sort of expertise you get. Yeah, absolutely. And so the same working through as every layover hits as every season that God has you through, you're going to get better at navigating the unknown. You're going to get better at navigating. You're in a different airport this time, but you understand how God lays it out. So you know where to wait, you know where to, where to go. And I think layovers are, they're, they're so important in our spiritual walk because Mm -hmm. they have to teach you patience. They have to teach you, you know, when you get to a point where, when you guys have kids and your kid is doing something stupid that they shouldn't be doing, you're like, 
well, God had patience on me Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm learning now to Mm -hmm. have patience on him. Like the same type of idea, I think either way, just, I think, I think your whole message really has so many, the more you dissect it, the more little pieces that you can find that are really applicable to, to your entire walk. Well, and, and then that's the hope, right? Of any pastor. Yeah. Of any speaker that is preaching God's word is, is I don't want you to be focused on the first thing I say. Right. Or the last thing I say, or even the thing I say in the middle, but rather like listen to it as a whole and allow God to speak to you because, you know, someone was sitting there and the idea of God's yes spoke to them. Yeah. And then someone was sitting there and the idea of our amen spoke to them. Someone was sitting there and my story spoke to them. You know, there's, there's, there's layers to it. Right. And I think it's, it's, we simplify the gospel too often mm. where it's just like, Hey, Jesus died for you. Love him. It's like, it's, it's much more intricate. Than yeah. That. You know, yes. Like it's simple for us to accept Christ, but then this walk with Christ, it's not as easy as just saying, Hey, be good. God loves you. No, you figure it out as you go and little bits here and there dictate that. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's great. I think it's so important, like as people who are preparing, if you're preparing to speak or anything, like it's not just about did all my three points start with right. the letter C, right, right, or do they all? I used to do rhyme? that, right. Which, which I mean, if you could still make it work, yeah, cool. But it's don't, memorable. Don't say I'm going to teach about this. All right, what are my three letter C points yep. at the end? Bullet point. All right, now I'll fill in the rest. Like I think it's important, and I think you worked through that. Well, really and well. we too often we put ourselves in the narrative. Yeah, we put ourselves in what God wants to speak to our people. When in reality, we should be putting God mm. in what He wants to speak. Right. It's it's not about me finding this catchy phrase. I'm the worst when it comes to catchy phrases. I will probably not have a social uh, post about me with a catchy phrase because I don't say catchy phrases. I just say, hey, this is God. Da, 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 da. Bye. You, you know? just get a picture of you with a paragraph. <laughs> oh, he said a lot of good points, but none were catchy. Yeah. He said this whole thing. It's <laughs> one giant book. Yeah, no, I think I think that was awesome. Tell me something. Uh, tell me something you're excited about. Tell me something about the season you're in and you're excited about as DYD, as, as husband, as whatever. But tell yeah. me something good. You know, Aaron Holt spoke over my wife and I during camp. Oh, wow. Um, and he spoke over us that, you know, we're, we're entering a new season and he made sure to clarify. So if you're listening, you know, um, he made sure to clarify, it's not a new job. It's Mm. not a new transition, but it's a new season of influence. And the way that looks and the way that is taking shape is very different to anything we're used to. We just had some young adults move into our house. Maybe he was talking about that. <laughs> Maybe he was talking about me being raw and honest this morning. Yeah. You know, and influencing it in a different way. Yeah. We don't know. And it's scary. Yeah. Because it's like, what did you mean by this, God? <laughs> but we hold fast. Yeah. And we hold tight to to knowing that this was a word from the Lord. That's awesome. And we're excited for whatever that means. Yeah. You know, and it's probably not going to look the way I want it to. It never does. <laughs> But it's exciting. Yeah. You know? So. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. Will, do you have any, uh, talk me through any um, book recommendations, anything, rega- and I know it's like, I don't know, I came up with this entire sermon on my own, <laughs> all that, but any book recommendations, studies, podcasts that yeah. have helped you through this season? Um, 
So as far as like books, right? Um, I'd recommend Aaron's from last week, 23. Okay. Uh, I've heard from tons of people. Phenomenal. Uh, I haven't read it myself yet. I'm currently reading through a book called Missional Map Making. Oh, okay. And so the idea is the fact that we've been doing church, we've been doing our lives based on maps from old. Oh, okay. We've been following a GPS that's outdated. And so this idea of creating new maps in our lives to live our lives by. So that's been really, really good. That's cool. As far as like, you know, what we've been reading to get through the season and stuff, I, you know, the Bible is still as cliche as that sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the Bible is the thing that, that you want to hear. Um, and so um, that's that's kind of where I've been. Uh, I always recommend this one too because a lot of times we get in our heads Soundtracks by John Acuff. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't heard that one. Yeah, it's really, I say really heard good. because I do audiobooks. So do I typically. <laughs> but that one's really good. Just this this idea of, you know, same thing with the maps, right? We've been we're living our life based on maps. We live our life based on soundtracks. Things that we tell ourselves over and over again mm. become the reality. And so it's how do you create new soundtracks? How do you create new new ways of thinking so you're not stuck in the same cycle anymore? Mm. Rather cool. than, you know, being in a cycle of defeat, you start a soundtrack of victory. And so it's, that's a really good one too. That's awesome. Sweet. Well, we got a couple of things that people listening should be excited for. Um, one, we have our worship night. It's coming up. That's August 7th at our Dover location. I freaking love worship nights it's so amazing. much. I love being at them. I love seeing everyone from different locations, mm-hmm. driving, worshiping together. It's my favorite thing we do as a church. I'm so curious to find out when we have locations five hours apart because even up in northern Maine, they deserve churches too. Oh, 100%. So we can't not go there if they need a church. But man, that'll be sad to have to figure out <laughs> what to do. But we don't have to right now. Right. We're going to do worship night in Dover. So that's really cool. Um, and then uh, what else do we have? The Villain Series. We talked about it this Sunday. Mm-hmm. I am really excited about that. I'm excited for I, it. I think it's going to be really fun. And like you said, Pastor Victoria is preaching. So she's only been on the podcast once. She's only been on the podcast once. And it was when she like first had gotten hired. Mm-hmm. So we had to keep asking her to say something <laughs> because she was, she's a quiet individual. 100%, um, yep. But man, when she talks, she knows what she's saying. Absolutely. That's what I love about her. You're in for a treat. Like I said this morning, you know, if you come next week and you're ready for Passover Victoria, you're in for a treat. That girl can, can speak heaven into the room. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm pumped for that, for her to speak and for her to kick off a series like we've never had her do it. And so mm-hmm. we'll have her on the podcast hopefully next week so we can talk to her more and hopefully we won't have to coax as much out of her because, well, it's all going to be questions to her. So yeah. she'll have to. So those things are coming up. One more thing on the worship realm, if you care, we are starting and finishing up our uh, re-records from the live album. So yeah, that's still happening, guys. Don't worry. There is an album. There is an album coming I've out. I've used the last one, so it'd be nice for some new songs. Yeah, yeah, you got to get it. We do have the demos out, yeah. but you have to be cool to know where to find those now. Yeah, it's not as easy as just going on Spotify, though. Right. Yeah, it's no. nicer. But anyway, cool. Thanks for sticking around after preaching twice. Absolutely. And uh, having the conversation. And I really appreciate you sharing with the church and being open and vulnerable. I know you've you've helped a lot of people this morning in being that transparent. So thank you. I appreciate it. That was a blessing. Thank you.